centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Governor Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Rooted. This week, we're digging into rhododendrons, which are one of my very favorite trees. Today, we'll actually be talking about a few different species of rhododendron, but before we dive into those, let's take a quick look at their family tree and learn a little bit more about what they like. So, rhododendrons are part of the heather family, which also is home to plants like cranberries, blueberries, huckleberries, and azaleas. Rhododendrons are known for their bright pink, purple, or white flowers, woody trunks, and pointy, leathery, evergreen leaves. They were introduced to areas like Ireland and Scotland, where they quickly became invasive, taking over the entire understory of the forest. This is mostly because they're fast growers and can actually send shoots out of their roots. So if you're not absolutely sure you've gotten the entire root system, there's a good chance they're coming right back, kind of like honeysuckle is here in the US. In a lot of countries, rhododendrons are actually banned from being sold commercially because of how invasive they can be. But there are plenty of other places, like the US and Nepal, where these are extremely popular. So much so that they're the official flowers of Washington State, Rhododendron Maxillium, West Virginia with Rhododendron Maximum, and the national flower of Nepal, Rhododendron Arborum. The first specific rhododendron species I want to explore is the Nepalese Rhododendron Arborum, which is very different than the rhododendrons that grow in the US and through Europe. Not necessarily in look, but certainly in legend. For starters, the flowers of Rhododendron Arborum are edible, and are often pickled, steeped into teas, and even added into traditional fish curry, where they add a distinct sour flavor and are believed to help soften the bones. They also provide much-needed stability to the rocky areas of Nepal, where the roots of the Rhododendron help to keep soil in place and prevent erosion and landslides. But how did these plants come to be such a big part of Nepal's culture? Well, to understand that, we'll need to take a closer look at their lore. There was a time in Nepal where marriage wasn't just for people. All things in nature could choose to get married. Fig, who was an excellent matchmaker, was excited to have finally met a match for her dear friend, Alder. But when she invited him to meet his potential bride, he rejected Fig's offer, choosing instead to relax and soak in his own narcissism. As a side note, Alder is for sure the guy at the party that no one invited and is too busy learning Blackbird on the acoustic guitar he somehow found to think about if anyone else actually wants to hear it. Anyway, Alder is just so taken with being in his own presence that he can't even 
think about dating someone. That is, until all of his friends are in happy relationships and he decides it's time for him to settle down. So, that cool winter day, Fig introduces Alder to Rhododendron. She's sweet, helpful, and beautiful. But during the winter, she looks a little rough. And you know, she's literally holding down the entire forest all year, so I think we could excuse a few months of rest. Anyway, Alder takes one look at her and is like, this is not really what I pictured. She is so not my type. Which, like, rude, but whatever, Alder. Rhododendron loses no sleep over this. She knows she's way too good for him and decides she's just going to spend winter relaxing so she can really shine during Hot Girl Spring. And shine she does. She comes into spring like Mia from the Princess Diaries, and the whole forest is shocked. She is hydrated, in her lane, unbothered, thriving. And suddenly, Alder's like, you know, I think maybe we should get married. I was wrong. But Rhododendron is having none of this. She decides she's not going to take any of Alder's BS and will just keep living her life free of having to listen to Alder butcher Riptide at every party forever. So she tells him she's just not that interested. And Alder, having literally never been told no, decides that the only course of action is to hurdle himself into a gulch. Like, truly, if men have nothing else, they have the audacity. The forest, so relieved to never, ever hear Alder mansplain Kafka to them again, decides he should just stay there forever. But not before the forest goddess herself decides that this clown was so toxic that plants just aren't gonna get married anymore, because no one should have to put up with a toxic ex like that. And that's why plants don't get married, alders tend to grow in ravines, and the rhododendron is a symbol of beauty and resiliency in Nepal. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, rhododendrons are doing some totally different things. For starters, the species Rhododendrum tomentosum was used to make Labrador tea by the Pomo, Kayasha, Tolo, and Yurik people of North America. This tea, made by steeping the leaves of the plant in hot water, was used to cure coughs and colds, and was even sometimes used to spice meats. Later, beer makers in Germany found that it could actually increase intoxication, so they started adding it to their beers in an effort to stand out from the competition. This was later banned in the Beer Purity Act of 1516, which I dove more into in episode 1. It turns out that intoxication isn't all the rhododendron has been used for. In fact, a lot of the rhododendron species that grow in the United States are actually toxic, and some of them can even cause hallucinations. See, this stunning evergreen is an early bloomer, making it a pollinator favorite in regions where wildflowers aren't so easy to come by in early spring. But you might not want to eat the honey that these hives feed off. See, grayanotoxin is what makes this plant poisonous for us, and it just so happens that it can be found in the pollen of rhododendron flowers, which, of course, is where we get honey. And that stuff doesn't just go away in the honey-making process. Interestingly, honey that contains a lot of pollen from rhododendrons or azaleas is sometimes called mad honey. 
It's described as a dark reddish honey that tends to have a slightly less sweet taste than others. And, oh yeah, it can make you hallucinate. And if eaten in large enough quantities, can make you really sick. In my research, I was expecting to find a lot more about people using this as some kind of early party drug, especially after the German beer deep dive, but instead I was shocked to find it mostly being used as a weapon. I know, history is wild sometimes. So here's what happened. In 1401 BCE, a student of Socrates named Xenophon was leading his army back to Greece after winning a war in Persia. And on the way back, they all got a little peckish, so they decided to just stop for a nice little snack. And wouldn't you know it, they found some local bees making some very tasty looking honey. So they decided to eat a bunch. Cut to a little while later, and these guys are seeing some crazy stuff. Then they all start feeling a little off. They're feeling extra sick and some can't even walk anymore. So they do about the only thing they can. They rest. And in the morning, everyone feels fine and they go home. The Persians take note of this. And later, when the Romans come to start messing things up, the Persians decided they were going to unleash hell. Or rather, honey. They strategically left pots of mad honey in with their stores, so that when the Romans came to root around and take stuff, they would think they were getting away with all of the Persian honey, really putting a damper on their tea times. But instead, they were actually taking poison. The next morning, the Persians came to the beach to find the Romans basically drunk, slurring, stuttering, tripping, the whole nine yards. And that's when they launched their attack. When all was said and done, the Romans retreated having lost at least a thousand men, leaving Persia and probably needing to avoid honey for a while. Today, you can still find mad honey in Persia, but it'll cost you about $166 per pound. It's also sometimes found in the US, but it's pretty rare, as bees often have plenty of flowers to pollinate when rhododendrons bloom, which means the grayonotoxin concentration is much lower. However, if there's an unexpected cold snap that kills or delays other flowers blooming, there's a decent chance you might find some. It's because of mad honey and the uncertain nature of the rhododendron that in florography, rhododendrons symbolize mistrust, especially of someone's intentions or romantic choices, as the flowers are beautiful, but also may be toxic. As far as their role in society today, Rhododendrons are mostly used as landscaping plants because of their stunning flowers, evergreen foliage, and manageable size. There are a ton of different varieties and colors, so you might have seen one a million times without ever even noticing it. Next time you see one, I hope you say hello, and take a moment to appreciate all it's done for us in history. After all, it's not every day you meet someone who took down an entire Roman army with a bad trip. That's it for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening and joining me on this wonderful and weird deep dive into plants and their roles in our histories. I have so much fun creating this show, and I wouldn't have this opportunity without your support. It really does mean the world to me to know there are so many of you spending a little time learning with me each week, 
And I can't wait to bring you another episode and even more content very soon. If you liked the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rooted.Pod. We're on YouTube at Rooted.Podcast, and check out our website, RootedPod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Thanks for being here, and until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water.